Turn your Bibles to uh, uh, John chapter 10. We're still in our series, The I Am God. He really is all you need. And uh, it's not often that you can do a blonde sheep joke. And therefore, I'm going to do a blonde sheep joke. Are you ready? Are you ready? Jim, Jim Lay, please get ready. This is wonderful. A blonde decides she can't take it anymore. She's tired of all the blonde jokes. The advantages of being blonde are vastly outweighed by having to listen to all the blonde jokes. So one night, she dyes her hair black. She goes into work the next day and doesn't hear a single blonde joke. Okay, so her hair is black. She's too happy to care because she thinks she'll never have to hear another blonde joke in her life. She drives home from work in a rural area and sees a sheep crossing the road. She slows to let it pass and pretty soon surrounded by a herd of sheep. After 20 minutes, they finally finish crossing the road and the shepherd comes along and waves to her and thanks her for stopping and waiting for his sheep. You sure have a lot of sheep there, she says. I know it's very difficult to keep track of them all, the shepherd says. Uh, if I tell you how many sheep you have, would you give me one, she asks. Sure, if you guess correctly, I'll give you one, he agrees. You have 257 sheep, says the woman. The shepherd is suitably impressed, tells her to go ahead and pick one out and take it with her. So she picks out a sheep and puts it in the back of her car. As she's preparing to leave, the shepherd knocks on her window. She rolls the window down and he says, If I tell you what color your hair really is, can I have my dog back? That's a good one. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? You like that? That's good. That's good. All the blondes are doing this. They're just doing this. All right. Now you've heard a blonde sheep joke. Okay. And I think that really prepares us for John chapter 10. So turn your Bibles there, John chapter 10. And we're looking at the I am statement I am the good shepherd. Now, let's watch this video. For our reading, we're going to watch this video. This is a visual Bible, so you're reading in John chapter 10, and let's look at this. It'll get us a little bit of the cultural background. I am telling you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way as a thief and a robber. The man who goes in through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep hear his voice as he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought them out, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow someone else. Instead, they will run away from such a person because they do not know his voice. Jesus told them this parable but they did not understand what he meant. So Jesus said again, I am telling you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All others who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Those who come in by me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come in order that you might have life. Life in all its fullness. I am the good shepherd who is willing to die for the sheep. When a hired man who is not a shepherd and does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away 
so the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. The hired man runs away because he is only a hired man and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. As the father knows me, and I know the father, in the same way I know my sheep, and they know me. And I am willing to die for them. There are other sheep which belong to me that are not in this sheep pen. I must bring them too. They will listen to my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I am willing to give up my life in order that I may receive it back again. No one takes my life away from me. I give it up of my own free will. I have the right to give it up, and I have the right to take it back. This is what my father has commanded me to do. Again there was division among the people because of these words. He has a demon! He's crazy! Why do you listen to him? A man with a demon could not talk like this. How could a demon give sight to blind people? Wow. Isn't that just powerful? Just powerful stuff. That's what we're looking at in John chapter 10. Now we're going to look at the whole chapter. That only took us through verse uh, 22, and that's fine. But it certainly gives you a, a feel. If you look in your notes... The overview of John 10 is this, the problem of being a lost sheep, the provision of a good shepherd, and the proof of being a found sheep. And we will look at the problem of being a lost sheep and the provision of the good shepherd today, and then next week we will look at the proof that we're, we have actually been sheep that are no longer lost but are found. So let's look at the problem today. The problem, we are all like lost sheep without a shepherd. We are all like lost sheep without a shepherd. And that's the whole word picture that you need to get behind you. John 10 kind of assumes this idea of, of being lost sheep because it's throughout the Bible. So let me give you that quick overview of just kind of the biblical background that we are like lost sheep without a shepherd. Jesus uses shepherding as a powerful word picture. That's what it is. It's a powerful word picture to drive home a spiritual point. And that's to grasp the meaning of this chapter, we, got, we have to understand that Jesus is using a familiar word picture to show us our spiritual problem. And so that's why I wanted you to see that background a little bit and get, you know, actually see the sheep. If I could get you to smell sheep, it would be even better. This is a, there's a shepherding culture in Africa. There's a shepherding culture all over the world. Uh, so we kind of think this is in the past. No, this is in the present. This is very real. And the idea is in verse 6. Look at verse 6 of John chapter 10. This figure of speech. What figure of speech? Of sheep and shepherding. Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, the reason they don't understand is not because of why we don't understand. We don't understand because we don't have sheep and we're not shepherds. Well, they had sheep and many of them were shepherds and they understood sheep. Why didn't they understand? Because it wasn't the physical thing they were missing. It was the spiritual truth. Now, last week, we, we looked at the statement, I am the light of the world. That's John 8. That's the message, John 8, I am the light of the world. In John 9, he performs the miracle, I am the light of the world, and he makes a blind man see. 
Now suddenly you're in John 10. And these people don't get what he's saying. The reason John's helping us see. The reason they can't understand what he is saying, the reason they can't hear what he is saying is because they can't see who he really is. The blindness of John 8 and 9 results in the lack of understanding of the shepherd in John chapter 10. I wish we had time to tie this in with you, but if you look at the end of John chapter 9, he talks about the blindness. And he says, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. We're going to talk about this upstairs. We forget. We think Jesus came to save. But in saving, he also judges. And everybody who receives him, they see. If you'll admit you're blind, he will give you sight. If you claim you can see and you don't need him, you remained in blindness. He connects all this together. Now, let me give you three aspects of this word picture. First of all, shepherding was a common cultural word picture. And I've already told you that. It's a common cultural word picture. And I think it's amazing how it can still resonate with us, and yet it's still relevant all around the world. In fact, I would put forth to you, God is not only so amazingly smart in what he plans, that most of the places in the world, Africa, Pakistan, Romania, those of you that went with us to Romania, those places in the world, many of which most need Christ today, are still shepherding cultures in which this message will resonate. And so it's really cool in that way. Secondly, shepherding was a familiar biblical word picture. Again, I cannot take you through all of this except to say these things. It's a biblical word picture. In the Old Testament, we're studying the I Am God. Man, there's so many passages where Yahweh, the I Am, is presented as the shepherd of Israel. So again, when Jesus comes on the scene and says, I am the good shepherd, these Old Testament believers would say, hey, that's who Yahweh, that's who the great I am is, and you're claiming to be him. So sometimes, you know, sometimes we think, oh, okay, the God of the Old Testament, mean, angry. God of the New Testament, Jesus, gentle shepherd. No, God of the Old, God of the New, same God, same compassion that's in the new is in the old, and the same wrath that's in the old is in the new. Okay, so I just want you to catch that. A couple verses. Psalm 77, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. He, Psalm 78, he made his own people go forth like sheep, and he guided them in the wilderness like a flock. So in this series, we've been saying it's all about the wilderness experience of the people in Israel. Remember, I am the bread, manna. Okay, I am. He says, uh, come and uh, get living waters from me. Why? Because I'm the rock that the water pours forth. Then he says, I am the light, the pillar of light that led you. I am the light. And now he's saying, I am the good shepherd. Remember how Yahweh said he was the shepherd that guided you through the wilderness? He is me and. I am him, and I am here to guide you, but you got to follow me. Man, amen. Frankie's giving me an amen, and I'm just getting going. Thank you, Frankie. 
Psalm 81. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. So I could go on. Psalm 23. I mean, that's the classic passage. You, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. By the way, Lord, I, the I am is my shepherd. Okay. Now, the great prophets, the judges, the kings of Israel are all called shepherds under the great shepherd of Yahweh. Remember Psalm 77 I just read? You led your people, Yahweh, like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So we already have in the Old Testament, the chief shepherd is Yahweh. The under shepherds are the prophets and then the kings and the judges. They were all considered shepherds. Now, here's the the ironic thing is that almost all of God's spiritual shepherds, leaders in the Old Testament, were actually physical shepherds before they became spiritual shepherds. I mean, sometimes we, we miss this stuff because we're, we're you know, we're, we're on our iPhones. You know, we're doing the digital thing. You know, we got our hands clean. We don't have callus. We can't relate to this. But do you realize Moses was a shepherd before he was a spiritual shepherd? Every one of the patriarchs were shepherds. King David, you know, in fact, in in Psalm 78, his whole life is summed up this way. God also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes that had young, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. What a beautiful thing. And we've lost this aspect. By shepherding animals, sheep, you can learn how to shepherd people. Now, some pastors, I don't have time today. You can go through all the characteristics of sheep and how we're just like them, okay? And it's not very flattering, let me tell you. You need a shepherd. They're stinky. They're dumb. They're what? I have no clue what you're saying. I'm on a mission, Roger. (laughs) I will get you back for whatever that meant. Um... The great prophets, the judges, that was Roger. Uh, The Messiah was promised to be the great shepherd of Israel. So all I'm saying is all the way through the Old Testament, you have Yahweh, you have every leader in Israel, and then you have the promises that the coming Messiah is going to be a shepherd. Listen to Ezekiel 37, 24, and I quote this because Jesus is referencing it in John 10. Listen to Ezekiel 37, 24. David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd. Jesus quoted that. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Then, of course, Micah, the prophet Micah, predicted this. But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old, from everlasting. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord. I am his God, and they shall abide. Then Matthew, at the birth of Jesus, quotes Micah and condenses it into this statement. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Here's what I want you to see. Shepherding, we have the meek, mild, you know, Jesus with the hooked staff, with the lamb around his neck, gentle, meek Jesus. 
who meets my every need. And he is compassionate. He is caring. We're going to see this. But listen, shepherds were rulers. They were kings. They were judges. They had authority. And so this is our shepherd. This is our God. And then if you would complete the study of shepherding, pastors are called shepherds. The word pastor means shepherd. And Peter said, shepherd your flock. Paul said, shepherd your flock. So what I want you to see is it's cultural, it's biblical, but here's what I want you to get. Shepherding was very practical. It was a practical word picture. And the reason it was practical is because this very practical picture revealed a very significant spiritual problem that all of us have without Christ. So let's look at it. Jesus uses shepherding to show us that we have a profound spiritual problem. And this is the problem. We are like lost sheep. And I want you to write two words. Harassed and helpless. Harassed and helpless. When when sheep have no shepherd, they have only two conditions. They are harassed and they will and they are helpless. Okay? This is exactly what Jesus said two times in the Gospels. Here's what he said. Mark 6, 34. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Well, what's that mean? Sheep without a shepherd. You know, we, we can't relate to that. So in Matthew 9, 36, Matthew makes it clear. Here's what Matthew says. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. New King James says, wearied and scattered. Okay? The New American Standard says, distressed and dispirited or discouraged. NIV says, weary and worn out. That's what. Now, this phrase is throughout the Bible. Sheep without a shepherd. Israel was like sheep without a shepherd. The crowds were like sheep without a shepherd. Lost people are like sheep without a shepherd. And our lives are harassed and helpless. Let me tell you a little bit of what that means. Lost sheep are harassed. This word harassed means bullied, abused, you know, criticized, pushed around. It's exactly what happens in John 9. It's what the Pharisees did to the blind man that Jesus gave sight to. Who did this to you? Don't believe him. Don't look at him. They threw him out of the synagogue. They harassed him. They drove. They said, look, don't listen to the voice of the shepherd. Listen to our voice. Don't follow him. Follow us. Where do I follow? Where do I go? What's, what's America crying out for? What's the world crying out for? You know what they're crying out for? A leader. Because they are harassed. We are harassed. Bullied. You know, the world loves bullying right now. Well, Satan's the bully. And Jesus is the one who's going to deliver us, not the government, from bullying. It's Jesus. Now, number two, helpless. This is a powerful word in shepherding. It means literally thrown down it, it, and sometimes translated cast down. And what happens, again, this is how, how dumb and helpless sheep are. If they fall over, 
Andrea, if they fall over, they ain't getting back up. You know, you thought that was just a commercial. I've fallen and I can't get up. No, a year ago, my dad died. And one of the last things I was able to do for him was he fell. Went over there in the middle of the night. And whew, gladly he wasn't totally helpless, or I never would have got him back. But that's what it means. It means to fall and you can't get up. Chris, I've fallen down. It won't work. And that's what we are without Jesus. We have fallen and we cannot get up. And yet God tells us to get up. God says, live for me. God says, please me. God says, follow me. And we are sheep who are cast down and we say we cannot because we are lost without a shepherd. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, the I am, has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Spiritually, we're like scattered sheep who are harassed and helpless. We're worn out. From, and weary from trying to lead ourselves and find good pasture. Listen, listen, without Christ, we're constantly trying to please ourselves. We're trying to work in our own effort. We're trying to satisfy that God yearning through whether it's drugs, pleasures, foolishness, relationships, and we are just, we're harassed and we're helpless. We're distressed and discouraged because we can't overcome our sins. We can't break these bad habits that we know are killing us. And we go back to our addicting behaviors. I was like this for 17 years. It, it may not have looked like it on the outside, or maybe I thought I didn't look like it on the outside. But now when I go back and I look at pictures, I realize if anybody was spiritually discerning, they would know that I was a lost shepherd. That though I attended church, though I was religious or good, Inside, I was harassed. Inside, I was helpless. And I was desperately looking for a leader. I was desperately looking for God, but I didn't know it. So here's our problem. And then here's the provision. So here's the provision. We need a good shepherd. Lost sheep need a good shepherd. And so this is the good news. What we need, Jesus is. Can I hear an amen on that? Okay, now what makes him a good shepherd? A good shepherd takes care of these two things. And a good shepherd is sensitive and strong. Sensitive and strong. What does harassed people need? They need compassion and sensitivity. What do helpless sheep that are on their side, whew, their little feet going, I can't get up, I can't get up, I can't get up. What do they need? They need a strong shepherd to come in and pick them up put them on his shoulder if need be, take care of their broken limbs, and take them to a place of safety. Listen to Mark 6.34 again. When he went ashore, he sought a great crowd, and he had what? Compassion on them. A good shepherd sees harassed people and doesn't harass them more. He's compassionate and meets their needs. A good shepherd. And then what Jesus did, he began to teach them in the strong word of the Lord. Because why? When you're helpless, you're not going to get back. Upstairs, we're going to see this morning, 
You don't get back up on your feet without the Word of God. That's the power of God's Word. I think it's amazing that Jesus had this whole multitude, and He didn't put on a performance. He didn't constantly meet their physical needs. He taught them. He taught them. Don't you dare let anyone run down the power and importance of teaching God's Word. I commend every one of you for being here and having your children in the Discovery Hour because that's the power. Okay, I'm getting into upstairs, so I must keep moving. All right. Now, strong leaders. Let me emphasize one more thing. Again, the word picture in our Christianity is Jesus, meek, and mild shepherd. I just want Jesus to shepherd me. Lead me beside still waters. Lead me to green pastures. And I don't want to make light of that. Some of you today, you need that. But understand how he gets that done. He doesn't just say, come. And then just, I'll wait. Take your time. Sheep, just take your time. There's good pasture over there, but keep eating the bad stuff. I'll wait for you because I'm tender, sensitive, compassionate. I will just wait for you. You know what you need. You'll know when you need it. You'll let me know. I will just wait. Now, that's kind of how we view God. Can we get honest? But Paul, uh, David said in Psalm 23, your rod and your staff comfort me. Now, the staff was the gentle, sensitive leading. The rod was a billy club. A billy club? Yeah. Sheep are dumb. They're dumb beasts. They'll keep eating. I, I heard a guy this week say that they will eat grass off of a cliff. I, they will just, they have their heads down and they'll just keep eating, eating, eating and go right off the cliff. Now, do you think a shepherd's going to say, oh, sheep, don't do that. Stop. Stop. No, the shepherd's going to beat them. He's going to beat them and whack them and say, get back and drive them out of love to the green pastures. Just don't, don't look at me. It's what the Bible says. David said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I don't like it. You don't like it. But the end is good. Amen? Yeah, the end is good. All right. And by the way, this is what it means in Revelation. Ruling with a rod of iron. See, the shepherd's going to rule. The lamb who was slain is going to reign. And there will be tenderness to his people, sensitivity, but there will also be wrath. And it will be a rod of iron upon those who do not follow the shepherd. All right. There's the problem. There's the provision. And Jesus is the one that can bridge that. Now, so the question to you is this. Have you lost your way this morning? Have you lost your way? If so, that's what you need. You need Jesus. Where are you? Where's it? Where's it? You know, we're, this is it. This is all we're doing today. We're ending early. I'm going to end early. Ten after. We've got ten minutes. I think we need to pray. I think we need to pray. I really do. That... First, we understand just how lost we are. 
If you do not know Jesus this morning in a really personal way, remember last week we said, have you went from darkness to light? Have you gone from lostness to where you find your comfort in this sensitive, strong leader? Ladies, every one of you has a God-given desire for this kind of leadership. A sacrificial lover who, what did you, you know, we're going to see next week, five times in this passage, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. You want another S? Some of you are dying for more. Roger is. I know he likes this alliteration. Sacrificial. You know what strong means? Strong means he's sovereign. And what that means is whatever's got you on your side, whatever's got you cast down, whatever has thrown you down is not strong enough to keep you down. And we're not talking about, I'm going to try harder. We're not talking about bootstrap theology where you pull yourselves up by your own bootstrap. We're talking about saying, God, I don't even have boots. Are you with me? I don't even have boots. But you do. And your strong arm can lift me up. So, two questions today. One, are you lost here today? And you you claim Jesus, but this isn't what you experience. What you experience is this. And you need to really ask yourselves, am I lost and have I yet to be found? Many of you, profess that you have found him. So the question for you this morning is this. Is this your experience, though? Is this who you turn? I I was saying, ladies, you have a God-given desire for this kind of leadership. And sadly, sadly, what women are often tempted to do to meet that need is to expect this of their husbands or to expect this of a man or a relationship, or a non-binding relationship, a live-in relationship. So you want this. But listen, you can't get sensitive and strong leadership from a non-committed relationship. Relationships outside of marriage don't have this kind of security. Our world, our culture, people are just running away from what Kristen... And uh, Robert did yesterday. They're running away from marriage, thinking that marriage is too scary because they've experienced bad marriages. They've experienced bad dads. They've experienced bad moms. But the reality is you can't have this kind of thing in a non-committed relationship. But let me give you more bad news. You can't have this in a committed relationship unless Jesus is the shepherd of your marriage. Do you see what I'm saying? So ladies, don't don't give up on men to the point that you bash them. Give up on men as being your ultimate shepherd. And instead, transfer your trust to the one that you proclaim you believe. And that frees you from nagging and pressuring your husband to be something that he can't ultimately be in your life. Amen? Now, men, okay, ladies, equal time. 
men. This is the same thing that we long to be. This is what we long to be. Ladies, did you hear what I said? This is what your husband wants to be. This is what your potential mate wants to be. If, you, if, you're, if you're single and you're looking for a guy and he doesn't want to be these things, run, run. Okay? But guys, this is what we want to be. But, but guys, we're not ever going to be that perfectly. Jesus is, and we got to depend on him. we got to direct our children to him. we got to direct ourselves to him. As we direct ourselves to him, we become more like him. As we become more like him, then we are able to help our spouses, our church, our people in these areas. And then it all starts coming together. Amen? See? So, women, this is what you want, and, and, and Jesus is it. So, let's put women over here. Let's put men over here. And it's the old triangle again. That if women, if you will focus on Him and let Him lead you, and guys, if we will focus on Him and lead like Him, then we will meet in the middle at the cross. Amen? Got it? We've got a problem. We're lost sheep. We are sheep without a shepherd. God has a provision. It is Jesus, the good shepherd. This is good stuff. So let's pray. We got five minutes here. Um, I don't. I'm, I don't know what to tell you to pray, except you know. Lord, if I'm lost, pray that he would find you. Give, you know, receive him. His voice has gone out. Some of you are hurting. Some of you have great burdens today. Just heard about a terrific burden right before class. Breaks my heart. I can't meet these burdens for people. They can't meet them. But we know the one who does. We just need to pray. Pour your heart out. Pour your heart out. Pray for Robert and Kristen, people in our church who got married. Robert needs to be this kind of man. Kristen needs to follow Jesus to be the kind of woman that she needs to be. We ought to be married. You know, we ought to be praying for one another. Amen. All right. So, pray. If you're not comfortable praying out loud, I understand. Pray in your heart. But those of you at your table who are comfortable, cry out to God. Share what's hurting in your life right now and uh you know it, it, these kind of things that we're going through it just i remember going through this stuff with pastor tyrone now you know bruce going through this kind of stuff and it's just the chief shepherd reminding us who's in charge you know we we you know i, I hope you're grateful for the pastors god's given to this church we're, we're grateful for you but in the end we're not necessary. He is. And so let's 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 give thanks for your under shepherds and, and give thanks that this is the kind of God we have. He's a great God. Let's pray.